Welcome to the latest edition of the ACC Now podcast. I'm Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer, along with my colleague and uh, North Carolina beat writer, C.L. Brown. C.L., how are you today? Oh, <laughs> lovely. It's been a crazy day. Just another day in the ACC. It is, yeah. Uh, I am the Duke beat writer. C.L. is the, the Carolina beat writer, as I mentioned. Um, they have a big game coming up next week on February 5th. It's never too early to start talking about Duke and UNC, of course, but, uh, you know, uh, uh, overall, um, we could talk about the, the entire league right now. I think we need to touch on that as we get ready to turn the calendar to February and, um, you know, uh, projections for the tournament are starting to come out. The ACC only has one ranked team. That's Duke. It's been that way for a few weeks. So there's a lot of talk about how many bids the ACC will get. Will they get just one, which I think is ridiculous, but, uh, uh, will, will they get three or four, which is very low, and that might be the top of the of the charts for them as far as how much they can do. So, um, CL, I know has been working on a story about that. It's going to come out here pretty soon. And just uh, what do you think about that right now, CL? Yeah, it's it's <laughs> it's not a banner year to say the least in the ACC. Um, and uh, just for folks listening, this story on the state of the ACC is is probably going to be running on Monday. So keep an eye out for it. Um, talk to talk to a number of people about the state of the league, uh, including Jay Billis. Uh, and, and Billis thinks that they'll in, end up with four or five teams. And but, you know, as as he pointed out to me um, in our interview, uh, you can't talk about the ACC being at the cream of the crop league, like when it had three number one seeds back in, in 2019, and then act like <laughs> at like you have blinders on and nothing's wrong here when Duke is the only ranked team and the only one that really had the quality non-conference wins that typically uh, is why we think the ACC is a great league most years. So, um, uh, and there, there are definitely myriad reasons why, we're, we're at this point right now. Um, but one of the things that, that I'm thinking to dive into is the, the talent drain. And when you look at it, I mean, you're lucky, Steve, because you're watching future pros, <laughs> you know, yeah. this roster, they have, they, they basically have the surefire first rounders on mm-hmm. Duke and everywhere else there's nothing. You know, um, when you're talking about a bona fide first round pick, you know, um, so that's that's where we're at in the league. I think once the talent gets back up, then we'll see the teams get back up. Yeah, boy, it, you're right about a dearth of uh, first round picks in the league. Um, and we kind of got used to that a little bit like, you know, Virginia, as well as, as they play normally. Now, this year they're not. But. Uh, they don't usually produce a lot of first round picks, right? But they they usually play better than this, even though they don't have first round. It's a system type thing. Um, Florida State, Leonard Hamilton, um, you know, it's Scotty Barnes last year, but they are more of a system. They use depth, they use you know height and, and length and all, but not not lottery picks like Duke brings in lottery picks every year. Normally, Carolina does, but that's part of the problem here, right? Is they're not on, not on, and um, yeah, really, the, it's like. It's the name brands. The name brands aren't there outside of Duke. And that that hurts the league, uh, you know, because normally you expect Syracuse, Virginia, Carolina, uh, you know, on a regular basis to be in the top 25, like uh, week in, week out, they're in the top 25. 
And every once in a while, Notre Dame will jump up there. Last year, Georgia Tech won it, but they're down this year. Um, so, so you take out the name brands outside of Duke. And so the, the outside fan from, you know, Idaho or wherever in the country just says, what's wrong with the ACC? It's, they're terrible. And, and, and there's a lot of validity to that. You know, I think Miami and Wake Forest are playing themselves into, you know, close to being ranked, right? Like they they have really good, um, you know, records. Uh, Miami, Miami is 15 and five, Wake 17 and four. But even then, we're not talking about teams that are going to push for a number one seed. And really right now, Duke's the only one that's even going to have a chance to get that because everybody has a terrible non-conference loss. And that's really going to weigh down their, you know, their chances to do that come March. Yeah, uh, that's the crazy thing. Normally, ACC play, there are plenty of opportunities. If you kind of if it took a little while for you to, to get your traction and, and get going as a team in non-conference play and you missed out opportunities, then ACC play there generally would be all of these opportunities to get those big wins, quad one wins and boost your resume and you'd be fine for the tournament. And that just doesn't exist. This <laughs> It just okay. doesn't exist this year. So uh, it, it, I think it will make for an interesting selection Sunday when it rolls around waiting to see how, you know, just how this league is going to be judged. And um, I do think uh, more than more than one ACC team might be watching some of these uh, other conference tournaments play out, like, please let the favorite win. Yeah. <laughs> Let's avoid any any upsets so that there won't be any spots that get plucked away. And, and you're looking at a smaller at large uh, at large pool. And and end up with candidate, you know, ACC teams getting bumped out. But right, um, yeah, it's it's. I think it's definitely something that is cyclical, though. I I don't expect this to become the new norm. Um, but you know, <laughs> we never know. I guess we got to just kind of wait and see because I think one of the things that's still going to happen is more change. I mean. Um, we're looking at Syracuse, Jim Beheim, although it seems like it, he can't coach forever. You know, uh, Leonard Hamilton at Florida state. He's also, you know, it, it seems like this was the rare league where, you know, with Kay and, and, uh, Roy Williams, I mean, those were four guys over the age of 70, you know, that were still coaching. And, and I, when you look at the other top leagues, I don't, I don't, I don't see that, you know, in any of the other leagues. But uh, one of the change, and I guess we can make this a segue, is uh, going to happen at the University of Louisville, which you will be going to on Saturday for Duke Louisville. And there will be a new coach on the sideline <laughs> for the Cardinals. Yeah, they uh, made, made the move to get rid of Chris Mack um, on Wednesday officially. Uh a rare thing, you know, when a college gets rid of a coach midseason, but uh, it just hasn't worked out. Uh, they're not, they're not Louisville. You know, it's funny. I was mentioning all the brand names there. I didn't even mention how bad Louisville's playing, and they're usually a brand name yeah. too, right? I mean, let's face yeah. it. When they came into the league, it was like, okay, here's another team that's a usual Final Four team, and they're so down. I just didn't. It slipped my mind. That tells you where we are <laughs> with it. But yeah, no. Uh, um, I, I will be interested to see what the atmosphere is at the Yum Center on Saturday. And I'm going to fly up there tomorrow on Friday and uh, because it's a noon game on Saturday. So um, see what the atmosphere in the town is. Um, you know, uh, the players obviously weren't happy playing for Chris Mack. They didn't really come to his defense when given the opportunity in some interviews. 
And I, I know, I mean, but the, the problem is that 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 school and athletic department has been through so much yeah. last, you know, really since they came in the ACC and before that, um, this is just another, this is like a routine scandal. This is not even a wild <laughs> scandal, like, you know, uh, strippers and things like that and whatever, uh, coaches suing other coaches, or whatever, like Dino Gaudio and all that. Um, but uh, uh, I wonder if, you know, from a Duke standpoint, as they go into this game, they don't, I mean, there's an assistant coach to the interim coach, but they don't really know what they're going to face with Louisville because those kids are probably going to be fired up, right? They're going to be happy. Um, I've heard somebody from Duke already say those kids are going to play with their hair on fire because they're so happy to be rid of Chris Mack. You know? so <laughs> I mean, I, I think there's something to that. I think <laughs> that, um, uh, you know, for the listeners who don't know, I used to work in Louisville. I, I was in Louisville for 13 years at the Courier Journal. Um, I covered the University of Louisville the last five years, um, including their their uh, national championship team in 2013. And one thing about it is that the the community is going to rally around the kids. They, that's what that fan base is like. Um, that's that's one of the things that I liked about it. You know, um, they they really tried to do right by those kids. And um, I thought it was interesting because they don't have a president, because they don't have an AD right now at Louisville. Yeah. It, it almost seems like, um, and this is just, you know, my opinion, not, not factual reporting, but it, it seems like Chris Mack quit. Like, it, it, I don't think there was pressure from the administration to step down right now. You know, like for this to happen in the middle of the season, like it did, um, I, I felt like, you know, I don't know. He just read the the writing on the wall and was like, I don't feel like, you know, going through with this. But it seemed like he could be kind of um, pedal to the metal 24-7. Like it, it seemed like Chris Mack was that kind of intense coach and uh, who I'm not sure dealt with a lot of subtleties and and mm. had a feather touch when needed and i think uh at sometimes with that program it can feel like there were times you know covering that team where in the arena it was like a tangible funk that you you could like feel the tensity in the tensity you can feel how tense <laughs> people were you know what I mean? When they were trying yeah. to get over the hump and when they were losing games and that kind of thing and, and how just how because um, everybody lives Louisville basketball there, you know. So, yeah. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. I, I do think that now that this happened, there will be kind of a, a weight um, lifted off of their shoulders, so to speak. Uh, I, I do know that, you know, when they played when they opened the season because Mac was suspended for the first six games. Um, they ended up going five and one during that time, uh, beating Mississippi State and, and Maryland among the power five schools that they played. They did lose to Furman in overtime. Um, that was the second game of the season. But, uh, you know, they've they've played with the interim coach before. So um, so the 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 asterisk or the wild card nature of this game is Duke is going to find that out on Saturday if that has any bearing. You know, it's when you mentioned about the the fans being on edge and in the atmosphere in the building when they happened. I was that reminded me of three years ago when I was up there when when Duke erased a twenty three point deficit in the last oh, nine yeah, minutes. Yeah, 
And and as that game, you know, the course, the atmosphere when they were winning was just jubilant, right? And then Duke made a little run. It was like, okay. And then as soon as Duke made another little run, and all of a sudden <laughs> you could tell everybody's you know, sphincter was shrinking, right? Like it was, uh, <laughs> yeah. um, you could feel it in the building. That's, that's, that's a great way that you put that. Uh, yeah, that that's how it is. So, um, yeah, they're, uh, uh, they're, they're up against it again. I, 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 you know, I didn't think about that about Chris Mack, but, uh, you make a good point about that, that, uh, maybe he just said, you know, this is going to happen eventually. Right. And, uh, let's, let's just pull the plug now. Let's, let's not want to go through the stress of, you know, six more weeks of this, uh, yeah. uh, through March, you know, oddly enough, I, I watched uh, an interview he did, you know, coming out of the facilities and the reporters were all staking it out. Um, yeah. and, and knock on wood, I hate stakeouts as a reporter, <laughs> like leave that yeah. to undercover cops or something. Like I hate waiting on something to happen like that. But anyway, he almost <laughs> had a sense of relief too, as he was talking, it just seemed like, you know, uh, and maybe he just is the kind of, of coach that puts so much pressure on himself, you know? Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe this was one of those, a truly mutual, uh, bene- mutually beneficial situation for both teams. Um, one more thing I wanted to bring up or ask you about Duke was uh, this week we had the, the first uh, court date. Uh, well, is it the first court date or the second? Actually, actually the second, but we still haven't really had an official one yet. So yes, get into that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so yeah, uh, talking about Paulo Bancaro and and Michael Savarino and the the uh, the DWI charge that Savarino faces and the aiding and abetting DWI charge that that Bancaro faces. Um, their first date was like in early December, I think December the eighth, and it got continued, which is mm-hmm. common in court cases, as we all know, to today or the January 27th. And it was continued again now until February 17th. So that's where that stands. It's just kind of moving forward uh, in the, in the, in the court system. And, um, you know, I think eventually, um, uh, you know, Savarino kind of knows he did wrong. to my understanding, like it's not something where I think he'll, you know, be able to prove his innocence. Uh, You know, we'll see how that goes, but um uh, uh, the, you know, I'm not saying there's going to be a plea or something like that. There may be, but, uh, but it's going forward. And, you know, um, a lot of times the aiding and abetting charge can be kind of a leverage toward the DWI charge that the driver faces. It's my, it's my understanding of this. So, um, as the, as they go, the two cases go forward in lockstep at some point, if, it's working out if, if Severino is cooperating, which he is and all that, that, you know, there, there's a good chance. Many of these cases get dropped. So I'm trying to lead to many of the, the aiding and abetting. It's not a charge that sticks quite a bit mm. unless there's some problem with the case and it's not foreseen in this situation. So anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll see how it moves forward, but yeah, just to update everybody, um, uh, people who are, are kind of following that case too. Uh, yeah, the, uh, it got moved forward again until, until uh, mid mid to late February, and I would think at that point they would want to kind of wrap this sucker up before March Madness. <laughs> yeah, um, something you'd want, you know, over your head. Yeah, yeah, both of them. It's kind of want to get it over with and 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 all that. So, but we'll see. Uh, you know, we're getting ready to. We are getting ready to turn the calendar to February here. We got one more weekend in January of games. Um, 
I'll be in Louisville. Like we mentioned, you'll be at the Dean Dome, right? Uh, when uh, Carolina and State get together. Carolina and State affair. Uh, I, I, I think we'll, we'll, we have a, a press conference with Hubert Friday at two o'clock. And uh, one of the things I'm interested in is if he hates State as much as Roy Williams did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or at least want to beat them. Maybe hate is too strong of a word. <laughs> but um yeah, if, if he has that burning desire the same way Roy wanted to totally decimate. And I, I also think it was kind of a little bit of trolling on Carolina's part because this is the game that they picked to honor Roy Williams. Um, Chef's kiss. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful work by them. <laughs> so so that will be great. It's I think it's going to be an interesting game. Um you know, one thing that state does well and that has given Carolina problems, and this you can go back to Keats first year at state when they came into the Dean Dome and won um in overtime. Um they run ball screens and back then it was uh, I can't remember his name now, but the the transfer that state Alaric Freeman. Yes, yes, yeah. Freeman killed him on the ball screens, and I think that state has the guards and the potential to do that again um, with Sebron and, and Terquavion Smith. Um, so that was probably the one uh, good thing. Well, one of the good things that came out of an ugly game Wednesday night against Boston College was Carolina defended better on ball screens uh, and screens in general than they have for a lot of times during this season. So they're going to have to continue that Saturday in order to, to win. And they've played, obviously, they're undefeated at home, right? So in the yeah. Smith Center, uh, they, they played really well there this year as opposed to what's happened in some of those road games uh, where they've gotten knocked out pretty heavy. Yeah, um, so the thing, though, is, though, they shot poorly. <laughs> this they, They've gone four straight games shooting uh, under 40%, including Wednesday's game, 29%, which was the lowest shooting percentage they've ever had in a win, which beat. 1957 season 1956-57 was the previous low when they shot like 30% against William and Mary 30.8%. So they obviously uh, can't do that, but (laughs) no, the college only had 16 points in the second half. So when you, when you're doing that, you can shoot 29%, but I I don't think that's going to happen on Saturday. Especially because, like you mentioned, NC State has scores, and I saw yeah. them when they played Duke, and it was the eighty-eight seventy-three game, and um, they can they can put the ball in the basket, and so this is going to be, you know, a game with points, a lot of points scored, I think. So Carolina's going to have to keep up with them. Um, I like I like how hard Kevin Keats' team plays. Uh, you know, they're they had Manny Bates, the whole world would be different for them, I think. But that's just yeah. you know, ifs and yeah. buts for candy and nuts. But uh, I do like how hard they play. And I think yeah. that'll be a fun game on Saturday for you, for sure. And that's that's what's kind of wild about the Louisville situation. Because, you know, I mean, NC State is hovering around 500, you know, overall, 3-7 and seven in the league. Uh, but they compete every game. They're fighting. And, and really, same with Pittsburgh and, and Jeff Capel, the, the mm-hmm. question that they've uh, gone through and losing, you know, one of their best players in Horton and and they fight like they compete every game. I mean, they're, you know, obviously they're under 502 losing games at an eight and 12 record, but Louisville kind of seems like they just kind of gave up, you know, like, yeah. like 
you hit them one good time and then they're like, uh, <laughs> heck with it. Let's get out of here and get this yeah. over with. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you, have you seen Syracuse yet? I can't remember. Has Carolina played Syracuse? Uh, no, haven't played. Okay. I, I watched a little uh, of them on TV, but that's it. So along those lines, uh, you know, uh, Syracuse looked really poor against Duke. Um, oh, yeah. In losing that game last Saturday in, in, in Cameron. And then a couple of nights later, they lost to Pitt, Jeff Capel's team. That reminded yeah. me of when you mentioned Capel. And, um, and, you know, earlier we were talking about the coaches over 70 and everything. And it sure feels like it's winding down for Bayheim, just the way he's getting to coach his sons this year, which is fun, I'm sure. And it has to be, but the outcomes yeah. aren't fun. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and who knows? Um, you know, uh, it just feels like that's going to come to an end here pretty soon. Um, just the way things are going, he's, he's always crotchety, but even more so like they're not, they're just not, they're not very good. They're just not very good. And, um, you know, against Duke, you know, the, the Bayheim brothers shot poorly now, Buddy shot better against Pitt, but they still lost. And, uh, you know, that's another change that's coming here. You mentioned, yeah. You know, yeah. Bayheim and Leonard's over 70 and back to that Larinaga uh, at some point here, we're going to have a lot of change in the league, but um, yeah. So yeah, Syracuse yeah. is, is having I left trouble. him out when I was talking about <laughs> the older coaches, but yeah, but yeah, he's living a good life because Miami's in first place right now. <laughs> That's right. They're all alone. And they had that wild win at, uh, at Virginia tech with the buzzer beater. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, the half court shot by Charlie Moore, who's been, become a revelation uh, for this league, uh, for, for Miami. Charlie Moore and his five schools. <laughs> yes, that's right. Uh, more power to him. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah. from all, all accounts, he's a great kid. And, you know, the NCAA allowed him to have this extra season. Well, allowed everybody, you know, because of the COVID year. So, yeah, and he's taking advantage. Uh, They're in first yeah. place, man. So here we go. But, uh, yeah, so um, you know, after uh, this weekend's games, I'll, I'll uh, after the Louisville game, I got to head to straight up to South Bend uh, from Louisville. So, kind of like an old, uh, like an NBA beat writer doing a two game road trip, right? We, yeah. Are you literally. driving from Louisville to South Bend? I am not. I'm going to fly up to Chicago and then drive over to South okay. Bend. Okay. Because so. I've made that drive from Louisville. It's not fun. Let me tell you. There's a <laughs> you no. Know, I <laughs> once you pass. Indianapolis, that stretch from Indy to South Bend is like the loneliest stretch. And there's a there's also a part where you don't really get good cell phone service. So you can't like call a friend and like a lifeline, like just talk while you're driving and stuff. It's it's lonely. And then you pass some kind of like, you know, it's probably minimum security, but you pass a, a penitentiary on the way, correctional <laughs> facility. So you see the don't pick up uh hitchhikers hitchhikers yeah yeah man it's it's <laughs> nothing nothing nice so i'm glad you're not driving <laughs> yeah i'll do that but uh yeah. but I i'll think be right own- behind you going to louisville uh after saturday's game against state carolina has louisville on tuesday uh, okay which was a game that was moved because of the when they uh put the rescheduled the virginia tech game for this week monday they kind of shifted everything so carolina wouldn't have games on top of games so okay um, yeah so that game got moved to tuesday and uh yeah and duke's game <laughs> big one obviously it wasn't supposed to be you know they were supposed to play notre dame last month oh yeah actually yeah. january 1st so this month still but uh 
because of Duke's COVID issues, they, they moved it back. So, or Duke was supposed to play originally at Louisville and have a whole week off before they went to Chapel Hill. Oh yeah. Now they've got another game in there and Carolina has one the next night. So it kind of evens that out a little bit, you know? Yeah. Yeah. As they get ready for that game. Yes. And we will be back to talk about that game next week. Absolutely. A little, little look ahead. Uh, We'll definitely have an episode later next week about the looking at Duke and UNC in their first game. Coach K's last trip to the Smith Center as a coach. Um, so we're having a lot of those right now. A lot of last trips. And, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, it's been fun for him so far. Get ready for the fireworks. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, that's to take care of this week's episode, or this episode, not this week's episode, but this latest episode of the ACC Now podcast. Uh, you can find uh, my work uh, on the Duke Beat and CL's work on the Carolina beat at newsobserver.com. Uh, follow us both on Twitter. I'm at Steve Wiseman NC and CL yours is? Uh, CL Brown Hoops. Yes, I thought that. <laughs> CL Brown Hoops. Brown. I thought that's what it was. I had to pause like I forgot what it was. It's like when somebody asks you your own phone number, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe for a curve there, man. All right. Well, listen, thanks for listening, everybody. Appreciate you. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode of ACC Now.